When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Today on the Zabecast, of dad bods and porn stars, never have two former teammates like Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo given us pro yakkers such delicious low-hanging fruit. The viral shaming society we live in almost bags an innocent victim at Wrigley. And no, you can't just punch your way to the yellow jersey. If you've got 45 minutes burning a hole in your data, then buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Tuesday, July 24, 2018. Thank you for the download. Drew Olson today is our guest. He and I will debate what is the ideal length of a baseball game and other such items. We'll also have a rousing rendition of F-T-G. But let's start with the shame game and Tom Brady's body. It was funny that photos of him and the lovely Giselle on vacation somewhere uh, isolated, exotic, fantastic, amazing, came out, and the two of them are in their beachwear, Brady without a shirt and a bathing suit on, and Giselle in her bathing suit. And uh, Tom Brady's body, you're like, wait a minute, Mr. TB12, Mr. Super Duper Fit, that, that's, do you even lift, bro? And I think the answer is no, he does not lift a whole lot. He does not care about having big, juicy pectoral muscles and big old guns and ripped abs. It just looks like it's sort of a generic body. I would say that Tom Brady's shirtless photos from now don't look much different than those when he was drafted. The infamous draft day photo uh, or the combine photo of Tom Brady coming out of Michigan. Very unimpressive. But guess what? Having six-pack abs, being ripped, being cut up, that don't pay the bills in the NFL. It's all about slinging that football, throwing those seeds into tiny windows, and making miracles happen. And Tom Brady's still pretty darn good at that. I love how people say that he was being body-shamed. Shame! Shame! Like, he really would give two craps about all that, that he would really go, oh, I can't leave the house now. People are saying I'm not ripped enough. Of course, there have been quarterbacks in the NFL who have been way more jacked, who have looked way better, who could lift more and and certainly cut a much more impressive physique when posing shirtless for a magazine. Mark Sanchez comes to mind 
as the first guy I think of who looked really good. Not overly built, but certainly cut up. Nice chest, good V shape to the upper body, nice, uh, nice abs that you could see. And guess what? Couldn't play dead in a Western, much less good football. Still in the NFL, last I saw he was with the Eagles. And uh, let me just check right now. Mark Sanchez. Oh, I, I, I typed in Mark Sanchez shirtless to look him up earlier. That's now in my Google search history. Who knows what's going to come of that someday? Oh, you're looking for Mark Sanchez shirtless, huh? Uh, Mark Sanchez just hit return on that. Um, uh, doesn't look like uh, uh, he was with the Eagles last. Uh, actually, the Bears. And currently... Why don't they have, where is he currently? Wikipedia should have this. We quickly, quickly scroll to the bottom. Uh, On April 13th, 2018, Sanchez, while still a free agent, was, oh, that's right, he was suspended for four games for violating the NFL's PED policy. Uh, He tested for uh, performance-sensing drugs, cited unknowing supplement contamination in a statement to the media. So yeah, he was he was with the Bears. He was with the Bears last year, not the Eagles. Why did I think that? 2015, of course, he was with the Eagles. Then he kicked to the Broncos. Then he was briefly on the Cowboys. And then last year on the Bears. So yeah. So so guys like that, well, he's on PEDs. Of course, some have said, I bet Brady might be on PEDs. How can he play so long into his 40s? Remember, avocado ice cream and then these three magic words. Lengthen elongate, and disperse. The three magic words he says, almost like there's no place like home, there's no place like home, as soon as he gets walloped by a defender from the blind side. It's amazing how he does that. Anyhow, uh, Tom Brady doesn't look like an Adonis big deal. You know who else, you know who else looked like an Adonis and could not play at all? Uh, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn out of Notre Dame. My God. God, did that guy look fantastic. Now, he lifts, bro, and he was no good at football. Nice guy, though, by the way, and he's trying to make it as a color commentator. I don't think he's very good, but uh, super nice guy when we met him at the Super Bowl. And, of course, Tim Tebow looks great, like a big, hulking, thick, studly Adonis and cannot throw a football accurately to save his life. So, Tom Brady, don't be ashamed, my friend. Your rings speak for themselves. That brings us to Jimmy Garoppolo. This porn star story is just, it's so good. It has so many subtle notes and nuances and flavors to it. In fact, my piece today on Zabe.com will be coming out at noon. Uh, By the way, I've decided, dear listeners, to keep, uh, to resume my writing so that I will write a 500-word post or thereabouts Monday through Friday, in addition to doing the ZabeCast, in addition to filing the Daily Zabe with 10 links of stories that you might find of interest. And that's going to be, hopefully, the content flow as we head towards the fall. With maybe some other stuff mixed in, but I think that's a decent amount of content flow for goodoldzabe.com, and I do hope you visit frequently, and I do hope you tell two friends about that. So my piece on zabe.com will be coming out here 
shortly. And in it, I say basically, what are you doing, Garoppolo? Like, I'm not here to say that this particular woman, this porn star, whose real name is not Kiara Mia, shocker. I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm not saying that you can't fall in love with a porn star. All I'm saying is that you are on a different level, Jimmy Garoppolo. You are you are essentially sporting royalty. NFL QBs, excuse me, man, how do I have allergies in the middle of a monsoon here in D.C.? I'll take this out in post-production. And by that, I mean I'm not going to take it out. It's a podcast. It's very informal. Sorry about the sneezing on Mike. I did turn away. Um, now, here's the thing. Okay, you're royalty. You are an NFL quarterback. That is rarefied air. These starting quarterbacks in the NFL are like 32 princes on the landscape. They should not be easily bagged, and they also shouldn't stoop to the gutter to find their dates. And that's why this is, to me, so amazing. This 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 woman, uh, Deanne, Deanne, Deanne Munoz, 41 years old. Whew. 41-year-old Deanne Munoz, otherwise known as Kiara Mia. You may know her from Bra Busters 4 and MILF Fantasies and Big Wet Butts. Her uh, IMDB bio reads as follows, quote, Mia spent 14 years trying to break into the mainstream prior to her involvement in the adult entertainment industry. Kiara first began performing explicit hardcore movies in her mid-30s in 2011. Unquote. Now that is the definition of a thirsty girl. And those are the kind of girls you want to steer clear of. Because Jimmy Garoppolo, my God, bro, look... uh, Great looking guy. Really? Is that your thing? I mean, this this gal, she has got she's got tits that are so huge. It's it it's beyond belief. It really is. I mean, those twin bean bags must weigh 40 pounds each. It's a carnival act. And yet maybe that's his thing. I have no idea. And of course, she is now talking and she has opened her mouth. To the point where you're like, oh, God, just as dumb as I thought she probably was. And this is not going to end well for Jimmy Garoppolo because guess what? Kiara Mia is using Jimmy Garoppolo in their brief relationship for her own, you know, publicity, for her own advancement in the career. She spent 14 years trying to break in as a mainstream actress, wasn't going anywhere, finally said, okay, you want to stick that thing where? No, all right, just give me some lube first and I'm in because I'm a thirsty girl. I've got to make it in this world. I mean, she's cute. Don't get me wrong on that, sort of, I guess. But the whole package is just wow. So here here she was, of course, talking to uh, TMZ. And uh, she's got two thirsty girlfriends with her, flanking her on either side. Uh, but yeah, this is her to TMZ. <laughs> Yo, Kiara, I gotta ask you, man. Everybody's talking about it, you know. I'm just wondering, like, how did you even, like, you know, hook up with Jimmy? Like, how did you guys meet, you know? <laughs> it's like the million dollar question. I know. And you look beautiful, by the way. Thank you look you. amazing. Wow. Hello. I-, I love when uh, the paparazzi butter up these gals. 
Yeah. You look great, by the way. Okay, what I will say is this. Jimmy and I had an amazing dinner, and he treated me with so much respect and class. Like, what do you think, by the way, I was thinking about this, what do you think most dates, quote, dates with porn stars are like? Do you think the guy who takes her out on a date, they sit down, they order appetizers, and as soon as the appetizers come, the the guy is like, all right, tells the waiter, just all right, box up the rest of our meal, and we'll be out at the valet. We got to go, because like I got to get in this shit right now. <laughs> I'm dating a porn star. I'm not going to sit around for the rest of dinner. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is the first guy that actually stayed through an entire dinner with this gal. But on that note, let me tell you this much. I've never been a fan of football. I'm officially a fan of football. And I I've never been a fan of football, but I'm officially a fan of football. Oh, officially? Did you file your, pap- did you file your paperwork on that one, hon? Promise the 49ers that they will make Super Bowl and win because everything I touch turns to gold. Oh, my God. <laughs> Some promoting horror. They will make Super Bowl. Not the Super Bowl. They will make Super Bowl. Is that what you call it again? Huh? Super Bowl? Remember, she was not a football fan until right now. And Jimmy Garoppolo wants to date her. And win because everything I touch turns to gold. Oh, hello! <laughs> so I gotta ask you, like, so will you, fuck, you guys be like, going on more dates? Is this like a one-time thing? Or well, like- you guys are going to have to find that out yourself. Okay. <laughs> Keep following. <laughs> was it to, to be continued? Dot, oh yeah. Dot, dot. Hello. So I gotta ask, like, was the date fun? You know what I mean? Like, you know, was it? Oh man, let me just tell you, like, he radiates just like on a whole different level. Like, it was fun. Oh, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. He's, he's dreamy. Hella fun. Um, yeah, he's sexy as fuck. I mean, were you pleased with dessert? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dessert, baby. It was amazing. I thought you said that, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> it, was it was definitely amazing? my favorite dessert. Oh, my God. Wow. Man, oh, man. You know, if he was still in the Patriots, they would be livid. The Patriots once shamed Gronk into apologizing for letting some 20-year-old uh, aspiring uh, porn star just wear his jersey. And now Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback of the Niners, is dating this gal. Anyway, as I write today on my post, you can read it at Zabe.com. I said, look, here's how this is going to end. This is going to end when she realizes, okay, this is not going any further and Jimmy is going to move on. And she's going to make as big a splash as possible, Kiara Mia, for her own advancement, for her own benefit. When it's all said and done, she's going to say something to TMZ like, Jimmy has a really small penis. He couldn't satisfy me. Or Jimmy asked me to do a three-way with another player on the Seahawks. And it'll be like, oh, my God. And, you know, we'll, in the chattering class, we'll tut, 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 and cluck, cluck, cluck. And, you know, we'll move on. But then Jimmy G's going to have to deal with it with his teammates, you know. And it's just going to be a big distraction and a mess and uh, not productive. Not productive to winning football games. And God forbid the Niners in the middle of a three-game losing streak and this happens. And God forbid Jimmy G is not putting up good numbers. These NFL QBs, they're princes. They're like mini corporations, too. They must serve as the face of hope and stability for their team's future. They cannot... They don't have time to manage the crazy of somebody who's featured in Bra Busters 4. They just don't. And by the way, she's 41. So, hello. Smarten up, Jimmy G. Move along. 
unless you really plan on bringing her home for the holidays. Now, if you do, I swear I want to see that video. Kiara Mia comes home to Jimmy Garoppolo's Thanksgiving dinner. Coming to you on Showtime. That would be fantastic. All right, one more real quick, then we'll get to Drew. So this is the day and age we live in, the viral shaming game where something gets out there and people lose their minds. And it was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Apparently, there is a, uh, a fan at a, at a Cubs game, an adult fan, who was caught on video, not, a, not necessarily video, he was caught on the TV telecast, of taking a baseball that was tossed intentionally by Javi Baez to a little nipper of a kid in the first row who dropped the ball. It rolled under the seat behind him. And the dude behind the little kid grabbed the ball, thrust it into the air, pumped his fist, and then handed it to his girlfriend as the little boy was like, hey, I thought that was my baseball right there. And people went crazy for a brief period. Like, oh my God. In fact, there was even a case where, uh, you know, the, the media account for, I think, one of the Major League Baseball media accounts uh, ended up you know, putting out a tweet that said, when you go to a baseball game, don't be this guy. It's a cut four. Cut four is an official MLB Twitter account. And it's and it's tagged when going to a baseball game, don't be this guy, implying this guy was a jerk that was somehow stealing baseballs from a little kid with either his mom, his grandmom, or a caregiver, or somebody in the first row. Well, turns out that you know, seeing is not always believing, and that a little video snippet on the internet is not the whole truth. Uh, it was quickly reported after this that, you know, the Cubs said, wait a minute, the man who grabbed the ball in the video had actually helped the kid get a ball earlier in the day. And on top of that, when this video went viral, the Cubs made sure that he got a fresh Javi Baez autographed baseball, and the little boy is auto- is photographed with two baseballs from his day at the ballpark in the first row. And that the man behind him in that video was not evil, he was not bullying, he had actually been very helpful to the little kid. Well, thank God that quickly filled in, because we're in the day and age in which, you know, that guy would be identified, and he would be doxxed, as they say, you know, D-O-X-X'd where they get the documents, they find out who you are, where do you work, and people would then cape up on the internet and rush to harass this guy, and then find out who he works for, and God, if it's a big corporation, perfect. We'll start adding the big corporation on Twitter. you got to fire this guy. He's an evil monger of a man. Well, it turned out all to be, hey, it's not what you think it is. Of course, some people, I thought, had a funny take the other way. Mary Catherine Ham, who writes for The Federalist, appears on CNN as well. She tweeted, people who steal foul balls from little kids are just young at heart, caught up in the moment. Don't at me. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> I like that. And uh, she then followed up with, every kid I see in the stands, I say, do you even play catch, bro? It gets in their heads in the event something comes their way. Then I swoop in. Her final tweet was, hey, if he's tested and passes, the ball is his fair and square. He'll go on to a life of earning it. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people are like, hey, man, when I was a kid, I never got a foul ball because there was adults all around me, and they were taller and faster and stronger, and sometimes they bumped into me. That's life. So guess what? When I'm an adult, I'll do the same thing to kids. This has always been the stance of Solly when he took the John Cena hat 
that we were in the front row of a wrestling event with uh, PR tickets. And Cena throws his you-can't-see-me hat into the crowd. And Solly leans over, grabs it, proudly keeps it. Solly doesn't wear hats. I don't think he even likes Cena. And there was a little nipper, a little 10-year-old boy, something like that, there with his mother. Obviously a single mom, because the dad would have gone if if the dad was still in the picture. Single mom, 10-year-old kid, had the full Cena gear on, total Cena head. A little Jimmy, as they call him. And Solly wouldn't give him the hat. I was incredulous. I was like, Solly, give him the fucking hat for God's Really? He's like, no, I got it. It's mine. Sorry. I have not seen the hat since. He says he has it at home, but I have not seen the hat since. All right. Let's talk to our boy Drew Olson right now. I know, Drew, you watched every minute of your favorite sport, golf. As Tiger Woods damn near won a major at age 42 coming off of a million back surgeries and a, and a pain pill addiction. Come on. Admit to I, me. You watched it hey, on Sunday, didn't you? Part of my Sunday ritual is to get up and watch the Sunday shows, meet the press and Stephanopoulos and that stuff. Meet the press wasn't on because of the British Open. But when I knew that Tiger was in the mix, I knew that it was going to be good theater. Ah, so I was so you hung like, in there. I was hard down watching. Okay, that. good. Uh, yeah, it was compelling stuff. Even it you, was... as a non-golf fan, could admit it. Yes, I'm a non- I'm a Tiger golf fan. I admit, I, right. I'm well. I'm not a non-golf fan. I'm not a zealot. I appreciate the game. You I appreciate don't. It's finer points. If Tiger's not in it, you won't watch it. You'll watch if, the Masters, right? I watch majors for sure. I'm a, okay. I'm a majors. I'm a I'm majors a, I'm, only. You're like Christmas and Christmas Easter. Christmas and Easter Catholics. Yes, <laughs> the, I'm, I'm a, the high fashion masses. I'll go to, but I'm not going to watch the John Deere Classic. I'm sorry. I, oh my God, look at that. You know, I know. No name cookie cutter faceless guy who I'll know. never hear of again. Grinding. I mean, they're all right. fantastic players. They're this generation of players is incredible, but. It, the tour doesn't hold that much allure for me other than the top guys. Right. Just like I'm not going to watch a Tampa Bay Rays-Toronto Blue Jays game. In a million years, I'm not watching right. that. Right, but some people do. And and when, even when it comes to the NFL, I'm not watching, you know, I'm not I'm not really, Cincinnati-Jacksonville is not going to turn my trigger. Uh, really. If you are if you got a fantasy team. By the way, do you oh. play fantasy? I've dialed that back. I, I think I'll have a team. still do it. I'll have a team, but then I'll I'll hire somebody to run it. <laughs> I'll get a listener to run it and be my GM, and then if he loses, I berate him. <laughs> That's not really playing fantasy. I know it's the closest thing. I can I, then I can berate him because it's just you know you get too busy. When gambling becomes legal, and I'm not sure if Wisconsin is ever going to fully legalize it on sports, but when it does, are you going to gamble on sports on the regular? Uh, semi-regular. I don't have the addiction. It'd be about as often as man, I, you don't I do have the addiction yet. That's the wonderful thing. Pretty soon you well, will. No, I don't have, see. Okay, I covered baseball for twelve years on the road as a beat hack. And when you travel on the road, whether you're driving a truck or whether you're traveling, you're you're selling widgets, whatever you do, you're a consultant. If you're on the road a lot for more than half the year, whatever your demons are are going to come out. Whether it's porn, women, oh, yeah. gambling, booze, food, drugs, food, fast food, your demons are going to come out. And I survived that hitch relatively unscathed. So I think I'm pretty good that way. So uh, there's a casino 10 minutes from my house, and I don't go there on the regular. I go there a couple times a year yeah, and play blackjack. Just sort but of I have don't... some fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Try, you know. Get out there for the night. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about this hater thing. Oh, baby. Jump right into it. 
your what is your template thought on the Josh Hader standing ovation? Well, it's just so much more nuanced than the um, the instant hot take. Look at those rubes in Milwaukee, those drunken racists, drunken white cracker ass racist fans. Yeah, there are some. There are some of those there. Which, there by the some... way, I said I said pure logic would have said those cracker ass racists should have booed Hader. Because Hader recanted those previous tweets and said he's going to be better and took genuine remorse for them. That's giving the racist too much tr- too much credit there. No, but I mean, in, in, in a, that's too much of a reach. I mean, I get your analogy, but that's too in much a of a purely reach. logical world, a fan base that was as evil as some paint no. them as would be no. like, "Hey, man, stand up for your no, beliefs." The logical extension is the guys who are wearing the khakis and the the button up uh, short sleeve shirts in Charlottesville will now buy Hater jerseys, and he'll surge to the top oh, of jersey sales because God. it'll be an ironic, "Hey, we love this guy. Look what oh, did you God. see what he tweeted." That's more to me than the backlash, like, let's boo him because he recanted. No. Um, How many tweets were there? I have not read all of the offending tweets. I've seen them in passing. I have not fully cataloged how many they were. And by the way, I'm not saying that, well, it was only seven of them. That's not too bad. They were plenty bad that required uh, every bit of contrition that he has summoned granted yes uh, i don't know i saw about a dozen but i think at some point there's some that were photoshopped and weren't legitimate because you yes. get into these yeah where it's like so then it, it becomes impossible to know and i'm not going to do the deep dive into all the tweets his teammates backed him though that's significant they did right? and all right so there, there are many layers to this and we'll start with the fact that josh Hader has had an incredible first half he was named to the all-star team on the sunday um uh, what was it, a week ago now, two weeks okay. ago? And then the team went on a road trip. So this was his first appearance in Milwaukee since he was named an All-Star, right? Yep. Because they were on a road trip. That was yep. a death spiral to Miami and Pittsburgh. <laughs> yes. Um, but it was his first appearance. He gave up the home run in the All-Star game. If you if the tweets hadn't happened, he probably would have gotten a standing ovation. Oh, by the way, the Brewers were leading in the seventh inning when he walked to the mound and they were looking to snap a seven-game losing streak so you're against saying, the Dodgers. So the circumstances there might have been ovation-worthy if the tweet thing hadn't happened. Really? You yeah, guys I mean, give standing ovations to relievers coming in he's in the been, middle of games. He's been a rock star. He was an all-star. It's like, hey, we're behind you even though you gave up that home run on the national stage. Uh, Interesting. We don't care okay. about it. So he may have been due an ovation in recognition for being an all-star. Like I said, it's his first appearance after he was named to the all-star team for the home crowd. Now, you throw in the tweets and you go, oh, my God. So then it becomes, then what happens? Now, he had the tearful apology at his locker in your city, yes. in D.C., and then he had a tearful meeting with the te- his team, you know, and everybody called it productive. Then he came into the media auditorium before the game on Friday night and met with the media and didn't tear up, but the entire team filed in, like, behind I him saw and was that. in the room. Literally, got they had his they back. Had they his back. literally the were standing team, behind player, him. Yeah. And players of color, Lorenzo Cain, Jesus Aguilar, they have all stood by him, said he's a great guy. Jeremy Jeffress is a, a African-American reliever, one of his best friends on the team, said this is not who he is. And, and so you had that backdrop of those guys standing by him. So then – Okay, fans are supposed to pass judgment, and this is where the hot take, those rubes, those drunken rubes. We heard it when Ryan Braun returned from his suspension on opening day and got a hearty, rousing ovation. Remember when his PED suspension is his first game back, people what, cheered. What and so and the, what and was so the? So look at those rubes in Milwaukee. How can why? What about Dino Lorenzi, the the inspector, the urine collector that he threw under the bus? Right. What about the lies? What right. about the deceit? Well, 
we've seen before. Fans are loyal to you know their own interests and their own rooting, and they're they, you know it's like the Brewers weren't going to win without Ryan Braun. They need him, so it's like hey, we're behind you. We, we don't like what he did, but they're behind him because. Like the Brewers aren't going to make the playoffs if Josh Hader isn't a big part of it this the second half. Was the full scope of Ryan Braun's lying known at the time he got his ovation absolutely. when he returned? Yeah, it yeah, was absolutely. It was yes, yes. So which that, I think which that one ovation, was worse? Which <laughs> ovation do you see now? The the Ryan Braun thing is a little bit more cut and dried. It's like, are you going to okay. cheer for a guy who cheated and who lied and who threw an innocent piss collector under the bus? Bad enough that your job is to run around and grab buckets of pee from people. And then to throw him under the bus like he wasn't doing his job properly, that's some pretty fucked up shit right there. Yes. Like, screw him. Fuck that guy. Uh, a little bit yeah. early, by the way. <laughs> a little that's bit not early. My, that's not my FTG for the show. No. But um, so there's that element. I think on the hater element, there might have been embedded in that ovation a sort of uh, a buried message of, listen, we are sick of this stupid website twitter running the world everyone's reaction everyone's contrition this is not real life this is a real human being and we're not going to scorn him or virally shame him in person because it's just fucking twitter we're sick of twitter being the most important thing in the world could there been some of that embedded in that ovation maybe a little bit it could have been yes yes And then, okay, and Milwaukee is has its racial problems. We are a very segregated city. There is not much of a um, a minority middle class, if you will, unlike other cities. And Milwaukee's on the rise. You, you're starting to see like publications talk about how cool it's getting. It, it is, right. and it is. Right. We're trying, but one of the things where we're lagging in is opportunity for minority people to. So there's succeed. a lack of there's a lack of an African American middle class in Milwaukee. Here in DC, there is a. In D.C., there is a thriving African-American, not only middle, middle class, but an educated upper class that yes. involves a significant element of Don't, minorities, including that, African-Americans. That is, not the, that is not the case in my Rust Belt hometown, and, and that's one of the things we lament. And okay, Isn't so, that true of Detroit as I'm well? I'm sure it probably is. Isn't that true of Cleveland there. as well? Isn't that true of... I wouldn't be surprised. What about Chicago? Uh, Chicago's, Chicago's more probably a cosmopolitan different. and bigger. Yeah, and the, okay, yeah. so... When you look around a stadium, and I've covered the Brewers for now going on 25 years, not a lot of people of color in the stands right. ever. And it's uh, you could almost say that for the Bucks too, and the Pack. I mean, really? So yeah, I mean, they, there are not a lot of okay. people of color at the games, and so it did look like, hey, look at these white people cheering this racist guy. The optics were bad, and I hate using the word optics, but the optics were bad in that sense. But given the backdrop and everything, and for all the tusk tutters, and I hate to say coastal elites. But, like, okay, the statute of limitations. Well, don't even give me that he was 17 and it was seven years ago. Okay. How many of those same media people that are calling this into play had their knee pads out when Kobe Bryant retired and overlooked the fact that the the clerk at the hotel in in Colorado? How many people didn't cringe when fucking Ray Lewis is on ESPN every night and they still haven't found his white suit? We could find Josh Hader's tweets, but we can't find Ray Lewis's white suit from the night that two guys died. Absolutely. I went through this yesterday right here on the Zabecast. I said... Uh, it befuddles me that Kobe Bryant is heralded in polite society when any cogent reading of the facts in that case point to the fact he raped that girl. 
like flat out raped. He didn't get charged with it in the end. He didn't he didn't get found guilty of it in the legal system. But we're yeah. not we're not a court of law. I'm just a guy with an opinion. You read the details of the case and, yeah, and it's I, as and bad it's as did. bad yeah. <laughs> it's as bad as it can get. And they kiss Kobe Bryant's ass. Yes. And and the worldwide leader, which you would think would be more like, Yeah, we're not gonna be in business with him. No, no. It's all about yeah. the money. If there's money but, to be had, they'll get in business with you. And this is where everything is so complex now, because in my own city, um, we don't have to go that far back to Ray Lewis and, and Kobe Bryant. I'm trying to remember it. I honestly wasn't at the game. Sterling Brown deserved an ovation from the fans of Milwaukee. I don't know that he got it. I don't know that he ever would. Now, he's a bit player, and granted, he's the guy Who's... who got tased in the parking lot oh, right, of the right, Walgreens right, 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 right. in my own town just a couple of months ago. But wait a minute. Did we know the police video didn't come out until after the season was over, correct? Uh, that, let me think. I'm trying to think. It was around that time. It's... I'm not sure that the, the okay, actual but... video came out. I think he obviously filed suit and contested yeah, the nature but, okay. of his arrest. So, so, so let's say his so, first game, he should get an ovation. Well, sure. Sure, you absolutely. And, and maybe I don't know. And if he doesn't, maybe, maybe then we will. can start asking some questions. Is he still on the roster? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, for then now. will you organize an ovation for, for well, him? I, I would try. I mean, okay. I think he would, you know, that, that, in terms of social justice, yeah, he probably should get one. It's a tough deal, you know. It's like, and you know, okay. And then this is again a market where the Packers tried to do with the with the kneeling for the anthem thing. Aaron Rodgers tried to spearhead the players were going to lock arms, and he asked the fans to lock arms. That's and right, as a show, and and, people and said, a lot of fans that a lot they of got fans, pissed. yeah, a lot of fans were not into that either. No, they a lot of them. I took a lot of calls from people who were pissed yeah. about that. So, and it was that was one of my favorite calls of the last year. You remember some calls that stand out when you're. When you're parrying somebody, you're you know you got somebody who's parry, got some thrust, thrust parry, and you're, you're you know you're, you're you're fencing. With somebody. Yes, yes, whatever the terms are, because you and I All never right. fenced, <laughs> other than like a week in high school when they had us do it. But uh, so I'm going out with this guy, and this guy goes, uh, you know, I'm a military guy. My brother's in the military. My father was in the military, and I will stand and put my hand over my heart and sing the anthem. And no one is going to tell me what to do during the anthem. Not Aaron Rodgers. Not anybody. I said, oh. So you don't like people telling you what to do during the anthem because you want to exercise your freedom. He's like, yeah. And I said, oh, now you know how the players who kneel feel. And he said, uh, well, you know, well, I'm just going to do what I do. I mean, yeah, but you're not letting those players kneel well, because okay, you're going if, to do what you And you don't like guy, people conscripting you to behave in a certain way. You're going to do it the way you want to do it. Yeah. Okay. That's, isn't if, that what America's about? Yeah, but what if a guy puts his fist in the air and marches off the field in protest? Uh, isn't that what America's about? Thrust, I mean, parry, allay, assault, yeah, that's what black America's card, about. red card, bout, uh, on guard, epee, foil, saber. That's when I played the the, uh, the Michael Douglas clip from the American president. Like, you know, you want America's advanced citizenship. You know, well, you know, okay. Salute the flag and then respect somebody's right to burn it in protest. Boom. Okay, it's so good. But it would be bad for the league if players were oh, thrusting absolutely. their fist into the air and it stomping off the field sure. or dropping their pants sure. or making other gestures sure, or anything that, else. But it is if if it, if this makes people consider, "Okay, oh, I cheered for Josh Hader and I didn't think of that was anything and I'm going to boo players who kneel." Um Oh, that's going to be part of the hot takes. It's going to be part of it today too. It's going to get t- tied in. Like the guys who kneel are bad Americans, but the guy who's tweeted racist stuff 7 years ago deserves our yeah, he's a he deserves our applause, and he's our guy, and he's, now, he deserves more, a second chance. More importantly, you were a little critical of the Brewers' PR people for not catching this earlier. 
Well, no, I, I was, I'm, I've been critical and of the entire industry because I do a little media consulting on how athletes and coaches and organizations can deal with uh, these situations and avoid these rat holes. And the thing is, Josh Hader's on his third big league organization. He was with the Orioles, then the Astros, and then he got traded to the Brewers. And someone somewhere should have seen this and just on the off chance. He is represented by CAA, one of the biggest agencies yeah. in the freaking world. Yeah. And they've got interns that could go through their tweets to see, because a tweet like this could torpedo his endorsement value forever, and he's going to have this stain on his you know, Google forever, and it could have been scrubbed. The scout who was scouting him and followed him as a high school player should have said, hey, Jack, clean that shit up. You want to be a big leaguer? Get that stuff off of there. Any coach could have told him. Any adult in the room. Parents should be following them. There should This shouldn't happen. We had Dante DiVincenzo, who now plays for the Bucks. I went out off on Villanova because his high school tweets ended up hampering him. And the championship game of the NCAA championship game, they came yeah. out. And he was a starring player, and it's like, why the the SID? You know, you had, and they weren't that far removed. It wasn't seven years. <laughs> right. What were you doing in the summer there? Why weren't you scrubbing his account? So, yeah, that's a good point. It's a why fail? Why why don't they scrub accounts? Here's a dumb question. I'm looking at my account now. I've got fifteen thousand oh ninety six tweets. If I wanted to erase all of them with one keystroke, could I? I think there is an app. Someone, uh, probably a Mark Cuban's got that Cyberdust app. There's an equivalent of that that will scrub your account and it'll put an expiration on your current tweets. Now, my entire time on Twitter, I've been a, air quotes, pseudo-public figure, so I have to avoid drunk tweeting and I don't right, swear right, right. on Twitter that much. I swear on this podcast more than I do on Twitter. Will, so- <laughs> will somebody... But a, tenth of, of, a tenth as much on this podcast as I do in real life off mic. How do I know, though, let's say I wanted to blast tweet all but my last 1,000 tweets. How do I know they're really gone? How do I know they don't well, live on somewhere uh, else? Someone may have screen grabbed them, but uh, uh, that's the hard thing. Is is there an automated bot that's screen grabbing everything? I don't think so, unless there's someone stalking you, Zabe, that like does that just for, you know, I, because if you tweet I something think, and it's up for a minute and a half, someone can capture it. I think my uh, I think my most offensive tweet was when I after uh, Rex Grossman threw like his third interception of the game in the first year of the Shanahai, both uh, Papa Shanahan and uh, his son, young Kyle. Uh, I think I tweeted something like I wanted to I wanted to shove Kyle Shanahan's face in dog shit like a dog to say, see, this is what you get for playing Rex Grossman. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Now, luckily, that's good old white-on-white yeah. white crime right there, so I think I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, please don't dig that old tweet up because I, I don't want to get yeah. into a meeting about that. There are some stinkers in my 25,000 tweets, but... I was so pissed at that moment. I was like, oh, you fucker. God, I hate and you. And that's, you know, you Because they, they were talking up Rex. Rex is great. Rex knows the offense. Interception, Rex Grossman. I'm like, yeah. Hey, Kyle, hey, there's your boy. There's your boy, Rex. <laughs> Shove your face in it. Twitter is such a loaded gun, especially for kids quoting rap lyrics or movie lines or inside jokes to their buddies. Like, you got to be careful, Oh, man. absolutely. got to be careful. And the idea that if your parents out there say, oh, I'm, t- I'm not technologically savvy, you better get technologically right. savvy and see what your kids are doing. Uh, more importantly on the Brewers front, the season is slipping away. Drew, what's going to be done about this? Not a good look. It's time to make a deal. It's time to put the paddles to it and make a trade. Get some middle infield help. They need some <laughs> offense. Okay. Yeah, so they, they what need are they some talking offense. about? Um, since they whiffed on the Manny Machado sweepstakes and then watched him come in here and make great plays and 
get yeah. hits against yeah. them over the weekend. Uh, they've lowered their sights. They're looking. Uh, the name you hear is Brian Dozier from the Twins, who was a second baseman with a good stick who got off to a bad start and is resuscitating himself. A veteran guy. That'd yeah. be a good pickup. They just need a. They at this point, it would if they got, you know, uh, the 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 quintessential replacement player. It would give a lift and make it seem like oh, they're we're trying. Okay, it's, it's they need a reboot. It's been tough sailing for them the last week, Meanwhile, but they've also been very injured. Yeah. Well, nobody cares about that, right? No. You can no say cares. it, but nobody cares. Yeah, and the no one cares. On. Like, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, my team season is slipping away as it gets later and later, uh-huh. and they bumble along as a 500 ball club. Uh, the Nats in town this week. And, of course, on Friday, right out of the All-Star break, what do we get first thing out of the All-Star break? The return of Steven Strasburg off the DL. He has a rough outing. He comes off the, the field, and there to greet him is Max Scherzer, one of the most positive upbeat guys we have and something was said that rubbed Strasburg the wrong way next thing you know we have dueling aces drew yelling yeah. at each other in the dugout they decided let's take this down into the clubhouse where nobody can see it and sort it out that's that is, not uh, a good look right there no I mean Mike Matheny got fired when uh Bud Norris and Jordan Hicks went at it. <laughs> so, right. Is Dave Martinez on the bubble now? What do you what do you think? What do you make of um, that? Like, I'm trying to think. We've already had a players only meeting. We've now had a dugout argument. There's been anonymous quotes about I, the manager misusing the bullpen. What are we missing in the bingo game of failed baseball season? Because we're hitting all the notes at this point. Oh man internal of internal strife or just just uh, things that you know you've seen enough baseball seasons go down the tubes what usually happens because usually there's a players only oh, meeting well then ding, we've had that usually there's a dugout argument ding we've had that usually there's you know anonymous quotes about the manager ding we've got that um next step is probably fire the bullpen coach or, or a hitting con- yeah, or a hitting throw, coach yeah, right sacrifice a coach sacrifice Sacrifice a coach. Lamb. Yep, sacrifice a coach just to shake things up. I'm like, look, you got this guy's fired, you assholes. You see what happens? Yeah, hey, all right. Yeah, it's like killing a hostage. Like, hey, you know it's what? Th- yeah. Well, I'm serious about this. You watch. I was gonna say throwing bats into the shower. You know, it's like uh, that's that, the, that's that the thing about well. that. Is like, okay, so wait, because Strasburg's always fascinated me from afar, and as good as he's he is and has been and could be he's a bitch has he been worth it to you to have a, him has it been he's a it, bitch. has have the positives outweighed the pain in the ass negatives he is not alpha he's a bitch <laughs> okay. i'm sorry max well, is alpha jordan zimmerman was alpha when he was here but uh you know strasburg is a super talented baby like when things go badly on the mound like if someone makes an error in an inning he's pitching pff, oh forget about it he falls to pieces like, oh, you should have had that kind of thing. He's not good that way. He's he's an interesting cat. I mean, when I say he's a bitch, I would never say that to his face. And if I see him, I don't want him to beat me up. But bottom line is he's not alpha in the way that other pitchers who are big aces can be alpha. He's an interesting guy. We need him back badly. We need him, need him back to where he once was. He had a bad outing in his first outing, so let's hope he gets it together. But that's that's the story of the Strasburg 101, at least from so, where I'm sitting. So he's on the Scott Boris Mount Rushmore of pitches. Ah, but, he, but guess what? He took less money than he could have. Yeah. And everyone speculated that Scott Boris had to agree to that with uh, gritted teeth because it was not no, typical oh, Boris goes, resigning. Goes against everything he stands for. Uh, Do you see where the A's are setting attendance records? The Oakland 
A's because they're in it and they're not fading. And apparently the Bay Area, at least the east side of the Bay, has said we still like baseball. I'm shocked by this. What a terrible stadium that is. It is. Oh, it's a mausoleum. It's awful. And they call the upper deck Mount Davis. Yeah. Where they added those seats. Al Davis insisted, we got we got to add more seats for the Raiders. They had tarped off Mount Davis for, like, years. And they finally took the tarps off, and there's people actually going up there to sit. I have uh, – uh, the A's were good when I was a kid. And then I have, like, an affection for them. Because even when they're bad, I find them interesting. They're, there's a cool factor to them. It's, it's some of it's Billy Bean. Good-looking jerseys. Those some forest green with the yellow. Jersey. Yeah. Like the Packers, it's a good look. Kick-ass jerseys. I just when I started on the Brewers beat, um, the my buddies on the A's beat were Steve Ketman and Pedro Gomez and John Hickey. I had some really good writers, so I was there was always and there was a bunch of them covering the A's, and they were always fun and cool, and they got along, and it wasn't the the uh, paranoid schizophrenia of yeah. other beat groups, and it's just a cool vibe, and I I dug it. So I I, I like. I'm always interested. I always like the A's. I for some reason I just have an affinity for them. So let them. The fans should go there. All right. And then this uh, from Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe about the way the modern game is in baseball. Friday night's one nothing Sox win over the Tigers went as follows. Three hours, 31 minutes for a one nothing game. This thanks to the stellar-slash-winning philosophy of keeping the ball out of play. We got 10 pitchers, 317 pitches in the game with one run and one extra base hit. Sox reliever Matt Barnes needed 23 pitches for a shutout eighth, and Craig Kimbrell threw 23 for his shutout ninth. It is unwatchable. Nothing happens. Dan Shaughnessy, Boston Globe. Well, that's a common take, isn't it now? I mean, we've <laughs> you seen... you got nothing to say about this. I've seen guys... Well, I've seen Agree, games, disagree, well, solutions. Agree to a point, but that's the game is evolving, and that's... there are, Again, people discount the, the fact that... Well, some would guys... say it's not evolving, it's devolving. That well, it's coming apart, that it is bogging down, that people are saying, right. they're like screaming, this it's, is happening, this like is bad. It's like the argument about the shifts, it's about, well, first of all, what was it, three hours and ten minutes for a one nothing game or something? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, college football is what, 345 now? That That's football. But that's football. And, and by the way, and college and, games are too long. College, College games, games are too freaking long. long. What are they doing about it? It's a crisis. What are they doing about it? Nothing. I guess my point is, at some point, there's actually a wolf outside the door. Instead of just, well, the boy that cries wolf. We've heard this about insert baseball well, thing yeah, here, I mean, insert the... baseball thing there. But at some point, there will be a real crisis that people will say, we should have addressed this when okay. we had the chance. I, I'm, I'm down with the pitch clock. Oh, you are? Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. I'm down with it. So how let's long, make that happen. Because long, that's what, to me, is where the extra time is going, is guys walking around the mound afraid to throw the ball and batters stand, you know, right. stepping out, adjusting their jock and their cup and their gloves. What's yeah. the perfect length of a baseball game? It, that depends on the action. You, can have, a, you can have a three-hour no. game that's boring, and you can have a three-hour game that's riveting. It's, what's is, the, is there traffic on the bases? Is there action? Are there guys, you know, are there guys getting on? If, what's the perfect length of a movie? Uh, the perfect length of the movie is two hours. Ah, so you can say that for a movie. You can't say but, that but for a baseball Goodfellas game. Goodfellas is awesome and it's longer. And Godfather's okay. awesome and it's way longer. Okay. It's Star Wars movies are longer. I think two but and a half hours is the sweet spot. Two, I Both mean, for got, movies and well, for baseball For comedies games. that I like, it's two hours because nobody can write be funny for two and a half. Well, most comedies and movies are an hour 45. 
Yeah, comedies, yeah. And dramas, 2 to 2, 15. Okay. Right? But and baseball's thrillers, a little different. Football's different. Epics, 2 to two, 2.45 to 3, maybe? Yeah. I'm if, down with the pitch clock, but people, like it's like with the shifts. The game will evolve and adjust to it. What the game hasn't adjusted to is every the pitching is so freaking good now. What do they what have to it, do? What if it evolves, evolves even worse? What if the adjustments are all even worse? I like mean, what in if, what way? Well, what if this is the most action we're going to have in baseball over the next five years? What if home runs walk out or home runs walks and strikeouts, the three true outcomes? What if those go even higher the next five years in right. a row? What, what about you say everything's going to adjust? You assume it's going to adjust in the direction that you want. What, what happened? Well, what happened with your beloved sport with golf, with tiger proofing of courses and the equipment evolving, and the the, the courses and the the tournaments had to catch up to that. And it, now they're talking about should we restrict work. the flight of the golf ball? It didn't work. Should they play with a restricted flight golf ball? Change right. the ball. It did not work. So that's all. So, I'm but saying. is golf better than it was then? And then in the seventies, uh, golf is different than it was. Better, worse? That depends on baseball is different than it was. <laughs> better, okay. worse? It just it it is. You well, no, like it or you don't. Nobody's saying baseball is better now. Nobody I've heard. No, the players are better. The players are more skilled. Okay. The players are, and the but their is physical the enter- attributes is are better. Is the entertainment product better? Oh, see, that's the thing. The crackers in the barrel, Grandpa, they were stale and awful, and they're not as good as what we get now out of the machine, right? You don't want to make an objective or a subjective assessment is of ba- the product. Well, that's, how can I? I mean, okay, is, hold it, on. How is there? I mean, hold what, on. what subjective or objective can you make? I mean, hold on. I'll ask this about the NFL. Is the NFL of 2017 better than the NFL of 2002? If yes. You like, if you like or Madden, no. yes or no. Better I mean, or worse? Who's? It's like, like an eye exam, Drew. Better, better or better. worse? And I better hate those things because it's like you start to get your head starts to swim, and I don't fucking know. You just It's like you're guessing on the SAT. You're filling out C, <laughs> C, better, worse, worse. <laughs> that one was better. Let me see that one again. Okay, okay. Okay, but all right, so quarterbacks can't be breathed on now. The game is so much different than even when like Brett Favre is started it playing. better or is it worse? Depends on your perspective. No, you're I, wrong. No, it's worse. The game is worse. The game Replay is, has ruined the game. The game is worse. They can't touch anybody. The rules are all jacked up. You don't know what a catch is. It was the correct a answer is time. NFL 2002. Greater sign drew NFL 2017. And I won't even accept, don't at me on that as the kids. Like okay, to say. but then the baseball thing with the, during the steroid era, no one was complaining about all the massive. Everybody was bemoaning the lack of pitching, and that was going to be the end of the game because look at this offense. And then now it's like, ooh, there's too much right. pitching. In your mind, when was peak baseball? When was well? Peak it's always baseball. it's always when you were a little kid. It's okay. when you first stumbled onto the game and you had cards, and it was that that innocence. And then you start to realize how the sausage is made, how the fudge is packed, however whatever the analogy you want to use. I think I think for me it was 1988, 89. That to me was peak baseball. Kirk Gibson's home run. Uh, you know the uh, you know '86 with the Mets uh, and the World Series. The course, game of the week meant course, something this I, week in baseball. Mel Allen. Yeah, of course I was a I was a senior in high school, so of yeah. course that's why it would be peak baseball. That's a pretty sweet spot. All right, here we go. Buckle up, everybody, because somebody's gonna get it. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. 
All right, here we go, Drew. Who deserves your FTG of the week? Well, it would have been obvious for me to say the guy who yelled in the middle of Tiger's backswing yesterday at Carnoustie, yeah. okay. but that's too fucking obvious. All right, I, you're allowed I'm, to you're allowed to do it if you want. By the way, I'm more I am more enraged about I'm going to fuck that guy, Tim Cook. Tim Cook. Tim Cook of Apple. Yep, CEO of Apple. And what what did he do now? Because my iPhone recently, I have an older model iPhone. The yeah. iPhone S. And um, I had to go recently and get a battery put in because the the battery was designed to die. And, you know, I had a new battery installed in it. Okay. All right. And it should have been giving me new life, and this thing should be good to go, right? Okay. So like putting a new engine in your car. Except now my hardware is starting to die on my iPhone, and I have the fucking volume thing stuck on my screen, and it won't go away. And the <laughs> buttons that I toggle... So the middle of my phone, it's like having a crack. I have the fucking volume thing stuck there, and I'm Googling it up. What do you do? What do you do? It's it's basically... How how old is your phone? Uh, I want to say three years. Yeah, I got to get a new one. Three, four years. Yeah, and that's that's by design, and that pisses me off because I don't want to spend $1,000 on a phone. So don't spend 1000 Spend. But it's planned obsolescence because they're doing this, and every software update, I'm convinced, fucks up your phone worse than the one before, what? and what? they're then doing a, this then on get purpose. A, then get a flip phone. And yes. then you won't have navigation, texting, video capabilities. Then I can tweet. Twitter. I got a tweet. <laughs> I, I got a tweet during the game. I got a hot take I got to get out. I believe you can get a... But a, Doesn't Apple make the iPhone C, the plastic ones that are cheapy cheapos? If they do, I might have to look into it because it's okay. going to be better than this having this goddamn volume thing that I can't try to listen to podcasts. And then... Do you know I have... Do you know I have... Three old iPhones right now within arm's length of me. I have my <laughs> iPhone 5, and I have two iPhone 4Ss. Yeah. Those can all be lit up with SIM cards if you want at any moment. Oh, I'll up. send it to you if you want those Why didn't they're, you trade them in? They're tiny ones because I like to keep them because they're decent as cameras. Uh, and they're devices I can use for things, for cameras and whatnot. Yeah. So, all right, but so I'm just Tim saying, Cook. fuck Tim Cook and Apple for their planned obsolescence. All right, my FTG this week goes to one Carmelo Anthony. You know, this guy sucks. He plays zero He's... defense. He is a pound the ball out of the pound the air out of the ball dribbling down the shot clock. Me first ball hog. And people kiss his ass like he's some great NBA legend. And they're saying, "Oh yeah, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame." Like without any debate whatsoever. Carmelo Anthony is a fraud. And all I got to say is fuck that guy. We course, should have an FTG of, Hall of Fame. He'd of, be in it. <laughs> of, of course, here's the thing. Um, Mitch Richmond is in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Tracy yeah. McGrady is in the Hall of Fame. So I guess in that regard, I can't keep out Carmelo Anthony. For more of Drew Olson, go to... Drew Olson, MKE on Twitter, the iHeartRadio app, the Big 920, the Big 1070 in Madison. Milwaukee and Madison got you covered worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. All right, Drew Dog. We'll talk to you next week. You bet, bud. We'll end with this today. Only I wish bike riding was this exciting on a regular basis. Unfortunately, it is not. You cannot punch your way to the yellow jersey and the Tour de France title. If only it were that easy and fun. Team Sky's Tour de France bid plunged into turmoil after one of its riders was disqualified for punching an opponent. Italian Gianni Moscone was kicked out of the race after striking a rider from Team Fortunio Samsic in the first half-mile stage 
or first half mile of stage 15. It makes the hardest week of a brutal three-week race even more difficult for Geraint Thomas and Chris Froome, who are in first and second in the yellow jersey standings. I don't know what that means. I'm just here for the punching. Team Sky will now spend Monday's rest day deciding whether to fire the 24-year-old. This after he was suspended last year for racially abusing another cyclist during a race. Oh, my God. Here we go. Here we go. This guy. This guy does not play nice with others, does he? Tour de France officials reviewed footage from the part of su- start of Sunday's stage when Mascon appeared to swing his right arm at Frenchman L.A. Gaspard's face. And in fact, he did swing his arm backwards and he did catch him in the face. In the face! And that's not how you ride bikes. No, it isn't. I know it's the big leagues. I know it's the Tour de France. You do whatever you can to win, including keeping bags of fresh blood in the back of your van to transfuse yourself with, and then to lie about it and to throw any number of teammates under the bus. Right, Lance Armstrong? Uh, Right, uh, who's who's that other guy that also cheated for us? Uh, He sort of looked like that actor with the red hair. It doesn't matter. It's all cheating all the time. Maybe the Tour de France should be allowed to be full contact for certain stages or just certain zones. Like, let's say there's a one-mile zone in which you can actually punch your opponents or perhaps push them or ride into them or pull out a baton, a collapsible baton, and then stick it into the spokes of a team member. I mean, I don't know if the Tour de France is hurting for worldwide support, television ratings, or uh, sponsorship dollars, but it's just a thought. You want if you want to big tent this thing and bring in the non-cycling fans like me, oh yeah, that would absolutely do it. All right, that'll be a wrap for today. You know the drill: tell two friends, hit up that Reddit thread, including our own subreddit on the Zabecast, and talk about how great this is. Leave a positive review and rating, download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets. You know them as iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and many, many more. And always remember, bike riding is easy when you're going downhill. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.